grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Sunday after Pentecost is found recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 2 beginning at the 18th verse. You will notice that the Old Testament and the gospel reading for today focus around marriage and what God says about it. In fact, Jesus in the gospel reading will actually quote the last verse uh, in this Old Testament text and give his commentary. But let's hear it from the Old Testament. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is a suitable partner for him. Out of the soil the Lord God had formed every wild animal, every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each, every living creature, that became its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to all the birds of the sky and to to every wild animal. But for Adam, no helper was found who was a suitable partner for him. The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. As the man slept, the Lord God took a rib, closed up the flesh where he had been, where it had been. The Lord God built a woman from the rib that he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, now this one is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will remain united with his wife and they will become one flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 beginning at the ninth verse. But we look to Jesus, the one who was made lower than the angels for a little while, so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. Certainly it was fitting for God, the one for whom and through whom everything exists, in leading many sons to glory to bring the author of their salvation to his glory through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified all have one father. For this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, beginning at the second verse. Some Pharisees came to test him and asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied, What did Moses command you? They said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus told them, he wrote this command for you because of your hard hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together Let no one separate. In the house of his disciples, his disciples asked him again again about this. 
He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. If she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Some people began bringing little children to Jesus so that he would touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I tell you, whoever will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the little children in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It will be our Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is a suitable partner for him. Out of the soil the Lord God informed every wild animal and every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that became its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to all the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for Adam, no helper was found who was a suitable partner for him. The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. As the man slept, the Lord God took a rib and closed up the place where it had been. The Lord God built the woman from the rib that he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, Now this one is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will remain united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life, for those of you who know me, you know that I will say very boldly that I cannot stand the whole theory of evolution and the way it's being taught as something that is fact. The world was not created by accident over millions and billions of years. And I also deny and reject the teaching of theistic evolution, which believes that God created everything, but it just took him millions and billions of years. No, God created everything in six 24-hour days, and that is how Scripture clearly teaches it. Because Scripture is God's Word. It is God who tells us what happened in the beginning because none of us were there. Yes, God created the entire world out of six 24-hour days. And even though there are those who will say what it says in the Bible that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day, but that is only to the Lord who is eternal. To us, a day is always a 24-hour period. So in six 24-hour period, God did create the world. He made the heavens and the earth, but everything was covered with a large body of water around it, and there was darkness. So on the first day, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He created it out of nothing. On the second day, he would actually separate the body of water around the earth. He would separate it and formed what is called the sky. So you'd have the water above and the water on the earth. On the third day, he created the land. 
because he separated the waters that were on the surface of the earth. And also on that day, he created vegetation. On the fourth day, he created the sun, moon, and stars. But since he went and put the stars in order, and, and as they circled around each other, he automatically created the calendar. The calendar was not, was not created by the Mayans umpteen years ago. It is the creation of God himself. On the fifth day, he created the fish and the birds and made them each according to its kind. And on the, the sixth day, he created the land animals. It was the wild animals, the livestock, and the creatures that move along the ground. And along on that sixth day, creating the land animals, he created mankind. He created a male and a female. We know them as Adam and Eve. So when we come to chapter 2, we are coming to the chapter that narrows in on their creation because they were God's greatest creation. And now we hear how God made each of them. And even though when it came to Adam, he made Adam from the dust of the ground and formed him just like he did the animals, one thing he didn't do for, for the animals is in man, Adam, he breathed into him the breath of life and gave him a living soul. So we are basically made up of dirt and God's breath. Obviously, God's breath, far more important. One thing you have to understand, and I cannot say this enough, man is not an animal. We have made... We may have been created, Adam and Eve, created on, on the, the sixth day along with the land animals, but that didn't make them an animal. And there are several reasons for it. One is, even though we are mammals, and which means we don't give birth by laying eggs, even though we may be similar to the mammals, man was always different than the animals because when it came to creating man, God spoke about it first and said, let us make man in our image. And the very Lord God even gave Adam, unlike the animals, he gave Adam and Eve a place to live. He gave them the Garden of Eden. But then he didn't stop there. He even gave them the blessing of work. We don't have that when it comes to the animals. He even commanded Adam and Eve to rule over everything. And then he didn't even stop there. Unlike the animals, he gave them an opportunity for worship. Especially when he put those two special trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life, he told them to eat from and you will live forever. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he told them not to eat from. And worship in its most basic form is always do what God commands don't do what God forbids. So he created worship for them. And one other blessing he did for man, which he did not do for the animals, is he gave them the blessing of marriage. And he gave them that blessing in a very unique way, and, and that is especially seen in the very unique way he made the woman. 
Yes, he made Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And now this very same God will now tell Adam to go and name the land animals and the birds in the sky. It is interesting that we're told it, it is the Lord God who commanded this. See, in chapter 1, we're just told it was God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the emphasis of the word God is, this is an almighty, powerful God who is clearly all-knowing, but in the light of it all, he is a holy God who hates sin. And now when we come to the creation of man, we're told it is the Lord God. That is the very name that was given to Moses at the burning bush when Moses asked God, who should I say is sending me? This is the great I am. This is the word Lord that has to be translated as this is our forgiving and gracious and merciful God. Another way to look at it is this is the Savior God. The God who is powerful, almighty, all-knowing, and holy comes with also the title of loving and forgiving and compassionate. So it was out of love that God commanded Adam to go and name all the animals. And notice that Adam is not presented in the scripture as some ape-like creature with limited intelligence. No, he is a man who could name them. God made him to be an intelligent being. And he did name them. In fact, he came to the realization that out of all the animals that he just named, there was no suitable helper among them. The Lord already had come to this conclusion right from the beginning. He even said it wasn't good for man to be alone. But he would not choose a suitable helper among the animals. So God would have to make one. And he did not make this woman, this female, from the dust of the ground and breathed into her the breath of life. Instead, God did something completely different. We have in scriptures the first ever surgery, and it was performed by God himself. He put the man into a deep sleep. He removed his rib, closed up the place with flesh. And then from that rib, he makes a woman. What do you think was the message that God was trying to instill in creating her this way that he was trying to instill in Adam? What do you think was the message that God was trying to instill in Eve, the woman? Certainly telling them that this woman is not your plaything. It is not your punching bag. And it is not your sex toy. This woman is your body. She was created from your body. Technically, she would have the same DNA. She, she is united with him, one flesh. And this was a gift of God. This female, you see, there's only two genders. There's not all these different genders. God decided the genders because he made everything. And he made mankind. There's only male and female. There are not different sexes either. There's only two, male and female. 
That's what God made. And then he makes the woman, he says here, to be a helper to the man. This very God who made the woman in such a unique way also gave to her a very unique and beautiful role. And he did so with the man as well. The Apostle Paul will speak of it in the sense of a headship role for the man and the woman to be a helpmate role. But in our day and age, hearing that sounds degrading. It sounds like we're putting down women. We're treating them as second-class citizens or maybe putting them on par with the animals themselves. But that's not how God made it. When it came to their status before the Lord, when it came to God's love for them, when it came to God giving his life for these people who will later fall into sin, their status before him was always equal and number one. But their roles would be different. And one is not greater than the other. I've always considered the headship and the helpmate role to be equal roles, but clearly different roles. They are roles that complement each other. And the only way to follow these roles is to do so out of love for your God, who out of love established the headship and helpmate role. God didn't create chauvinism. God didn't create feminism. God created man and woman, and he created these beautiful roles to be expressed out of love to one another, but out of love for one another, expressed out of love for the very God who made each and every one of us. And it was out of love that God also created marriage. He brought the woman to the man, and the man said the very first marriage vows this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And the word woman actually literally means that, out of man, from the man. But this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And then comes the beautiful words. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and will remain united with his wife and they will become one flesh. Is this a continuation of Adam? Many question whether he actually spoke these words because he didn't have a mother and father. So clearly these have to be the words that were written through inspiration when Moses wrote them down. That's given to Moses to write down. These are the words of God. This is the definition of marriage. This is how he intended marriage to be before the fall into sin and what he also calls for even after the fall into sin. A man will leave his father and mother, which means he leaves one family to go and start another family, and he's united with his wife. And being united with his wife literally means to be glued to. They become one flesh, united as one. Certainly that would evolve emotionally and psychologically and certainly physically, but above all, even spiritually. As the couple together grow in their relationship with the Lord, the very Lord they can't live without. So in a nutshell, there are two major important parts to a Christian marriage. I'm not talking civil marriage. 
to a Christian, God-pleasing marriage. One has to be and is. Marriage is between one man and one woman. It's not between one man and one man. It's not between one man and several women. It's not between one man and one beast. It is between one man and one woman. And being united together has to be that commitment to live together for life. As Jesus put it, what God has joined together, let man not separate. That it is God who will end the marriage, and he will do it at his time. So don't misuse the gift of marriage. And perhaps be so quick to seek divorce. Yes, divorce is spoken of in the scriptures. And yes, there is a divorce where God allows the innocent victim to end the marriage. But keep in mind, in the light of all of that, God calls us to work on our marriage and not be so quick to end it. Because marriage is a blessing from God. And I pray we always see that. We're living in a county where over they claim up to 70% of marriages are ending in divorce. People, let us be united. Date, yes. Be careful as we even date. Find not someone that you can fool around with, but find someone that could be a mate. Someone who would join with your heart confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of all. Respect the beautiful blessing of marriage. It is not man's institution to do with whatever he wants. It was instituted by God. And it was meant to be a blessing, not just between the husband and wife. It was meant to be a blessing in having children. It was meant to be a blessing when it comes to society. You want to destroy society? Well, then destroy family. You want to destroy family? Well, then destroy marriage. But above all, it is a blessing coming from a loving God who gave us what exactly what we need. And what a married couple need is Jesus Christ, united together in Jesus Christ, this, my friends, is the holy estate of marriage. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev.org. L-U-T-H-E-R-A-N 
dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.